welcome to this edition of the Alabama Historical Association's podcast program. I'm your host, Marty Olaf, and I talk with people who conduct interesting research and do interesting things concerning Alabama history. You can find out more about the Alabama Historical Association, a membership organization devoted to Alabama history, by pointing your browser at our website, www.alabamahistory.net. Today, we have a panel of guests to talk about the 2023 Alabama Historical Association meeting in Prattville, Alabama, on April 13th through 15th. Our first guest is Ann Boutwell, who is a longtime leader in Prattville's historical and preservation community. She'll tell us about some of Prattville's history. Laura Bonner is the director of the Protogon Museum. She'll talk about some of the sites on our Friday afternoon tour. And Don Edgeworth is president of the Otago County Heritage Association, our host organization. He'll give us a quick rundown about the association's programs and its plan of work. Thank you all for being here, Ann, Laura, and Don. Ann, let's start with you. Tell us about Prattville. Marty, we are excited to welcome the Alabama Historical Association in April. We are looking forward to showing them the changes that have happened since they last visited in 1999. We've had a lot of additions, and uh, I think they will be amazed at the difference in Prattville, not only in the Daniel Pratt Historic District, but also out east where the conference is to take place, the growth and the expansion out there. Let me tell you a little bit about the history of Prattville. It is a significant history. Lots of people are not aware of it. Daniel Pratt, which is hard to talk about Prattville without talking about Pratt. He was a New England Yankee who came south initially to build plantation homes in Georgia, became associated with a gin builder in Georgia in about 1831 and was made a partner in that business. And that's what led him to come to Alabama. It was his idea to expand the company of building cotton gins into the growing cotton market in the western area of the country. In 1833, he came into Alabama. We feel that he came only with the idea that he would build cotton gins and sell them. With his background of having lived in New England and been familiar with the Industrial Revolution, he realized that there was potential in Alabama. So you might say that Pratt introduced the Industrial Revolution to the South. He changed the economic climate of Alabama. Prattville was Alabama's first industrial village. He built large industries that had never been seen before in the state of Alabama. Pratt had tremendous influence, not only in industry, but in economic development. He campaigned for banking and for railroads and for industrial development. He also was influential in building schools and churches and a better culture, a better lifestyle for the state of Alabama. He was very successful at this. 
his company that he started in 1833 went on to become the largest gin company in the world. Daniel Pratt, during his lifetime, was shipping cotton gins across the world. And if you think about what a challenge that must have been with no telephones, no telegraphs, I mean, it's really a significant accomplishment. It is said that worldwide, Daniel Pratt's name was known wherever cotton was grown. So the history we have here in Prattville is unique. It's very exciting. There's so many areas of it that I won't take time to talk about today, but that gives you a general idea. His company, the Daniel Pratt Gin Company, which was only one of the industries that he started in Prattville in Alabama, went on to become Continental Gin Company when six gin companies merged and, and formed a new corporation. The family was still involved with it, even up until the 1960s. And so the history has continued. Continental Gin Company continues the tradition of being the largest and finest cotton gin factory in the world. Tell us about the Pratt Gin Company Archival Preservation Project. We at the Heritage Center have been privileged to have access to the archival documents and the artifacts from the gin company when it closed in 2012. For over seven years, I have coordinated a group of volunteers. We've had over 45 to cleaned, preserved, cataloged, contained, and stored at this time a massive collection of paper documents. For example, we have preserved over 40,000 engineering drawings that date from 1880 to 2012. We have thousands of business documents that record the workings and the financial business of the company. We've cleaned every page and preserved and cataloged over 300 ledgers that date from 1835 forward. So, and that's just a small amount of the items that we have preserved. We feel very honored to have that opportunity to keep that history here in Prattville. And it's our hopes that in the future that we will be able to have a larger museum to showcase this history. That's one of the goals that we are working toward. Anyway, we look forward to sharing this history and we are excited about the future of Prattville. And you said that Pratt was involved in more than just gin manufacturing. What are some other businesses that uh, he's known for in Alabama? Thank you for asking that. Locally, he started other industries that a pioneering town would need, and those grew over time. He had a sawmill, gristmill, but he had a door sash and blind business that shipped windows and doors and shutters across the southeast. He had the earliest large cotton mill in Alabama. It was in, incorporated in 1846, and the business itself was in operation until 1997. 
Unfortunately, in 2002, we lost those buildings to arson. So that was a real tragedy for Prattful. He also had a carriage shop, a tin shop, a foundry, but also he was instrumental in the development of the coal and iron industry. He was an early investor in Oxmoor Furnaces and then was part owner of Red Mountain Iron and Coal. We have lots of documents that show that involvement and receipt and agreement between Pratt and his son-in-law, Henry Fairchild of Bartleben. Lots of people in the Birmingham area will recognize that significant character in Alabama's history. Pratt had a tremendous influence. Dr. Wayne Flint said one time, when Daniel Pratt arrived at Alabama, everything changed. We're going to be seeing some of the legacy of Daniel Pratt in April. Now, Laura Bonner, the director of the Protagon Museum, will you talk about some of those physical sites that we'll be visiting? Yes, thank you. We're real excited to have everyone coming to see what is still standing and has been preserved in the historic district down here in Prattville. The Prattogon Museum is housed in an 1848 Greek Revival style home that is on the main strip, just a block from Daniel Pratt's factories. Many people, when they come to visit, first think that it is the Pratt home. Sadly, the Pratt home was torn down uh, in the 1970s, but this house has still seen most of the growth from Daniel Pratt's time forward. In the Protagon Museum and in the archives there, we have artifacts from Pratt's different industries. He also started a newspaper and had a bank and things like that that he developed in the town. And we have photos and documents and things from that. We have things from his home, but also things from the county. We have a cotton gin that was donated to us by the Crenshaw family from Crenshaw County that Daniel Pratt had actually sold to one of their ancestors. It's dated 1873 and it's in its original condition. So it's very exciting. In the museum, we have lots of artifacts, lots of interesting things that local families have passed down and passed down and then donated to the museum. And we also have an archive room where we have family genealogy, local history, newspaper records dating back to just before the turn of the last century. Quite a lot of interesting and cool things to see at the museum. We even have our own artesian well out back. Prattville's known as the Fountain City, and there's only so many artesian wells still in existence, but we have one at the museum. So that's pretty cool. Some other places that you'll see when you're here, the Pratt Cemetery is on the tour. Pratt Cemetery was on Daniel Pratt's estate. It was their family burial place. There were public cemeteries in town dating that far back, but this was their private family site. It is where Daniel Pratt and his wife Esther are buried and a few other notable people in town, but there are less than 30 graves there. It's notable that there are several children's graves, lots of infant graves there that are not directly related to the Pratt family. I mean, we believe they were mill workers' children that Daniel allowed to be buried there. And you know, it's a very special place. It's just up overlooking most of downtown. You can see down over the factories and into the main part of town. It's a lovely place. It's been restored. We have a lovely picture of it from the 1950s where it's in perfect condition. Then by the 80s, 
most of the tombstones have been broken down. And so in the 90s, we had a group that restored it to its former beauty. And the city's looking at putting a overlook so you could look down into the town and little benches and things up there, which would be really nice. Another thing we have is St. Mark's Episcopal Church in downtown Prattville. It's about a block and a half over from the museum. All of this is within walking distance around. St. Mark's started in the 1850s, and their current building was built in 1909, so it's even over 100 years old as it is. It has 21 stained glass windows. The first original window came from Sears and Roebuck. It's a beautiful old building. The pews inside are from the 1870s, and they're still being used today. We have a tour guide who you will love. I hope everyone has the chance to go to St. Mark's because our tour guide is Gene Curlin. He's 91, acts about 54, and he has been a member of that church since about the 1940s. So he's a walking, talking tour guide. Great fun. It'll be a really interesting thing to see. Another site that we're really excited about, and there's been some buzz about it I've been seeing in the historical community around, we have our own Rosenwald School that is still in excellent condition, well-preserved, has its own historic marker. The Rosenwald School Program was started in the 1915s, 1920s, where Julius Rosenwald and Booker T. Washington got together and decided they wanted to build schools for rural communities for African-American children who would not have opportunity to have a good school. And so the community would put up some money and some land and they would donate the money and help get teachers. And they started nearly 400 schools in Alabama. Of those 400 that were started, less than 10 schools are still standing. When integration came through in the 60s, most of these schools closed down at that time. Once they closed, a lot of them didn't have the funds to be upkept and the land needed to be used for something else. But we still have one that is standing in excellent condition. The Mount Sinai community out there, some of the older members that were students there, still take care of it and maintain it. And it's owned by the community and the church out there. So they are going to allow us to come and see that as part of the tours. I think that will be very exciting. A lot of what people think about Prattville is that postcard picture of the factories just across the creek. After the gin company left in the early 2000s, those factories have sat empty. A few years back, they were purchased to be turned into apartments and event spaces and that kind of stuff. That process is an ongoing. They're hoping to start moving people in in the spring, summer. But we're working with that group to try to get tours of the main area. All the buildings exterior has been maintained the same way. So you get the idea of what the factories would have been like. And there's that iconic arch that says uh, Daniel Pratt Gin Company. That's still perfectly maintained. And so we'll get to see that and walk around down there and kind of do a little walking history tour over there. Thank you very much, Laura. Don Edgeworth is president of the Otago County Heritage Association and will be hosting us in April. Please, Don, tell us about the association's program and its work. Sure, Marty. First of all, in listening to the two folks that you just listened to, you've seen some of the best the organization has to offer. We're a 501c3 incorporated back in the mid-70s as a result of losing certain important historical places. And the real stimulus was the losing of Daniel Pratt's home in 1960 to make way for the Continental Gin Company to move their offices on the property back in the 1960s. 
So in the mid-70s, the organization was formed. The mission of the organization states a group of people who share a common interest in the history of Batauga County and who strive to create historical interest and educate the community about the benefits of preservation and the significance of our heritage. We're governed by a 14-member board. We're all volunteers, except for some contract maintenance work and two employees. You just heard from Laura Bonner. Laura's only been the salary director for the Bertaga Museum since May a year ago. For the previous eight years, there was a volunteer director who did an outstanding job, but chose not to continue her service after our COVID period. We were fortunate to get Laura to revitalize our mission. And the other paid director is the director of Buena Vista. And Buena Vista is one of our other major arms of the organization, if you will. That's an antebellum home circa 1840 that's located three miles from where the Bertoglio Museum is located downtown. At that location, we hold 50 to 60 events per year. The house itself is in excellent condition, thanks to the Alabama Historical Commission providing funding through the Historic Sites Grants. We've been getting them annually. This is money that's appropriated by the Alabama State Legislature and is administered through the Alabama Historical Commission. In the last five years, we have received just under $100,000 to help us with maintaining and enhancing that location. The house sits on about three acres. We were able to build a restroom in the last two years that had been talked about for 30 years. And by the way, on the Thursday evening that they hold the reception for the convention, and that's going to be held at Buena Vista. So all the folks coming in that were able to attend that reception will be able to see what we're talking about. We're excited about that because it's the only home in Otago County that's on the National Historical Register. So when you look at the organization, Ann talked about her project. That's one of the major interests that we carry. The Bertaghi Museum that Laura directs, located downtown. And not only do we operate the museum, we also have a contract services agreement with the city, whereby we operate a welcome center for the city of Prattville. So in addition to Buena Vista, those are the three basic tenants of our organization that we pay close attention to. We do own a piece of property on the east side of town. It's an older home built, again, circa 1840s. We rent that home to a business. It's in a commercial area, and we're able to get the income. In fact, in terms of our sources of revenue, just to segue to that, our annual budget runs about $150,000. We're a small organization, but when you see what we do, what we're able to accomplish with a small budget, it's due to the folks that service this organization through their service at the museum and in other capacities. And it's our partnerships with other organizations like the DAR, the city, the county commission, the schools. Those partnerships is what fuels our mission. Ann talked about the museum that we hope to have in the future. We're calling it Genovations, and it's a composite, if you will, of not only history, but also education. We hope to have some activities that relate to STEAM and STEM activities that especially relate to school kids that will provide a creative environment, not only to learn history, but to also have an opportunity to see some things for themselves about maybe what they would like to do when they grow up. So we're excited about our mission. We're excited about our future. We welcome these folks to Prattville in April of next year and hope that they'll be as proud of our heritage as we are.
Well, y'all have a lot to be proud of. You've done a tremendous amount of work over the years in preserving the history and heritage of Prattville. And I can speak for the Alabama Historical Association to say we are excited to join you April 13th through 15th, 2023, for the Alabama Historical Association's annual meeting. And Boutwell, Laura Bonner, and Don Edgeworth, thank you very much for speaking with us. Thank you, Laura. Thank you. Thank you for joining us today. This has been another edition of the Alabama Historical Association podcast program. Our music is the traditional tune, Whistle By, performed at city stages in 1996 by James Bryan and Carl Jones. It's provided courtesy of the Alabama Folklife Association, which you can find on the web at alabamafolklife.org.